Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everybody. This is so exciting tonight. I feel like a kid on Christmas morning. I mean, I've got the great, the great superstar of wrestling, Terry Funk, on the line with me. Hey, Terry. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm not the great one. No, you are. No, you are. no, no, no. I yes, mean, you are, I, Gary Lee. <laughs> no, I'm not. You Gary used to Trump. clean the I streets mean... up in Canyon. And I'm not talking about with the broom either. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you know what? You were quite Let's talk clear. a little bit about your career. Let's talk a little bit about your career. When did you start wrestling? I mean, I know you come from a family of wrestlers. Uh, honestly and seriously, I'm going to tell you the honest truth is, I started wrestling whenever I was four years old because wow. at four years old, I was living out at Boys Ranch and my father was out there with Cal Farley and he introduced wrestling to him. Cal and my father did. And yes, so sir. I started amateur way, way, way back here. When was your first television appearance when you first did you work for Paul Boss in Houston at one time? Or when did you start? Oh, I was down there with Paul for for quite some time. I was going in and out of it. Yes. And they, especially yes. whenever I was champion, I'd go in and out of Houston. Paul Boss yes. was a great, great, great wrestling yes, promoter. He was. He and was, I'll tell he you was. what, he was he was <laughs> he was damn honest. And sometimes yes, that's does. hard to find. Yes, sir. Now, you've had some incredible matches. Who who have been your toughest matches? Who, who's been some of your toughest opponents? Oh, God, I can go back so far it's not even funny. Lupez, yes, Boris Malenko. I'm talking about way back. You know, yes, and I can come up, come forward with... Uh, just uh, uh, all, all of the all of the champions that I wrestled, Harley Race, uh, the Briscoe brothers, they were great guys. Wow, that that's amazing. Now, to 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 do great competitors did, we had. Yes, sir. I'm not they sure they got com- them out there now. Well, I, I don't really. Came, I don't. I kind of love to look back and say, we were the best. Yes, sir, you were the best. Now, did you get to wrestle people like Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan and, you know, golly bum? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Absolutely. As I wrestled every one of those guys and uh, chased Hulk Hogan up to his room. And uh, (laughs) that was in a hotel. Well, listen, I got someone special to talk to you. Dean, are you there? Dean Pyle? Yes, sir. I'm, yes, sir. I want I'm right you to tell, tell, tell the great, the great Terry Funk how you feel about him. This is my co-host. Oh, man. You know, you know, um, I got to meet you, Terry, down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and in Mount Airy, North Carolina. Well, when you, you talk down. about a tough, that's a tough wrestling community down there. 
in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. They got great yeah, ones. Yeah, you wrestled. Yep, you wrestled Ric Flair. Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and they, the Fulton no brothers, Bobby Fulton, the Fulton brothers. Absolutely. I mean, Bo- Boogie Absolutely. Man, Jimmy Valiant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I wrestled them all. Yeah, I mean, you you were the best of the best. I'm telling you, man, you really got in there, and and uh, I mean, you set a you set a great standard for everybody. You know, everybody knew if Terry well, Punk was going to be there, it was going to be a fight that night. Amen well, there that. there usually was, that's for sure. And I'll tell you what, the guys that you mentioned are great competitors. They yes, really they are. are. Yeah. You know, that deep South, they had a lot of wrestling. Come out of there, well, you know. You Terry, I don't got a see surprise them like you do the New York ones. Terry, I got a Sir? surprise. I got a, I got a Yankee for you. His name is AJ Perry. He's got something to say to you. AJ, what do you say? Right, How are you AJ. doing, Terry? I'm doing Hi, pretty good, AJ. You know. How are you doing? Good, good. You know that that match you had with Ric Flair, the old part. You know that that's like historical. One of the best fights around. It's amazing. Uh, I grew up. Uh, well, that Flair, I remember watching. Uh, Flair was a tough the, competitor, and he was a uh, he was a great guy. He, uh, plus, on top of that, you know, is he'd spend his last nickel every night. So you know, if Rick made five hundred dollars, he'd blow five hundred dollars. He made five thousand, he'd figure out how to blow that. Yeah. You know, I remember being I a love young kid. On Saturday afternoons, watching uh, big time wrestling with Bobo Brazil, and you know, it was uh, that was great memories. Oh, Bobo was a great competitor too. You know, and uh, uh, just well, so I, I, right I got to ask you, hey, hey, Terry, I got to ask you, Roadhouse, what was it like working with Patrick Swayze and? all the choreography for the fight scenes in that bar scene. Because you kicked ass in that bar scene. That was cool. Well, <laughs> you know, the one guy that, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was a movie that I really, really enjoyed making, you know. And they had a good coordinator on that. He really was, you know. And uh, he did a good job. Coordinating the fight scenes. At least I thought he did. Well, did what was Sam? Because one of my heroes is Sam Elliott. You know, he was a great. I mean, who was it like working with him? It was great working with Sam too, and uh, he's Sam Elliott. Is Sam Elliott? What okay. you see whenever you got Sam on the screen is what he is. Yes, sir. And that's why it's, you know, it really is easy for a guy like Sam to to just, he's an attraction because he's yes, a sir. hell of a guy, you know. What about Ben Gazzara, the bad guy that you worked for? What was it he like while he was with? Because he, he's a he good was, actor, too. He was a good actor, too. He sure was. You know, it was yeah. full of good actors. Yes, it was. was. Well, I and, uh, Patrick, who was the girl Patrick in it? Who was the girl? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go back Pat- to Patrick Swayze, though. Did you get to work yeah, out with oh, Patrick? Oh, Patrick was a great guy. Patrick yes, was a good guy. And all those guys were good actors. 
you know, I well, feel blessed, and they all they all had time for me, you know, and when and if I made mistakes, they'd uh, they sure would bend bend a little bit, you know, and uh, it was okay, you know. Yeah, sir. Just now, great guys, great you. people, a great world it was out there, and I got to meet this just the best of the best. Yes, and they were they were wonderful. Well, Hollywood found you, and thank goodness they did. What other movies have you been involved with? Well, I'll tell you, I, I was involved with, oh, I've been in 15 to 20 movies and series wow. on TV. And I... Uh, uh, got uh, got enough years in as far as uh, each one each year goes. You have yep, to have sir. so many different projects to get qualified yep, for for your uh, for your retirement. You know, I got all I, I never really fifteen years. Carrie, the, the the one thing I never understood was that you were always played like a bad guy because. I know you to be one of the sweetest men I've ever met outside the ring. But, you know, you you play the bad guy in all these movie parts and the television series. <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And you were good. You know, good guys like to be bad guys. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. You know what? That's what Chuck Norris said, too. He said, good guys like to play bad guys, but he always became a good guy. Now, did you ever work out with Chuck Norris or any of his movies or anything? Uh, I wasn't one in one with him. I wasn't, yes, but I, I was in, in the movies with just about everybody. And yes, uh, I, I honestly, I loved doing it and loved uh, appearing in the movies that I did. And... I'm very thankful that I, I was blessed, and uh, you, you were, you maybe were I was blessed. I don't know what it was blessed with, but I was blessed because I went out there and I was accepted, and that was very important to to me and to the producers. Yes, sir. I I, I have a very special lady that would love to tell you how she met you. Karen, are you there? Karen? Karen. Karen, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, I'm here. Yes. Karen? Hi, Terry. I just wanted to tell I you that. You to, I want you to tell when you met the great Terry Funk and how he influenced you when you were young. When I was first I married, we moved to to Tampa, we moved to Florida, and there was very little on TV except wrestling and the Dukes of Hazard. And so you you were always in my living room. So I had a chance to meet you and Judo Jean LaBelle in one night down at the Armory down in Tampa. You remember the Armory? Great people. The people you're Gordon, mentioning, and, and I remember Gordon. the Armory, too. It holds about 7,000 people, and it was yep. full every Tuesday night. 
Every, that's right. We got to go down and see you one time. And then when my daughter turned 12, she wanted to go to WrestleMania in Philadelphia to see you and Hulk Hogan. So, well, yes, be you've, been in, you've been in my life for a long time. And thank you for well, that. I'm glad I have. That's, that's super. <laughs> I really, <laughs> really, fun. really thank you for being a a, a fan and uh, and a friend too, and I'm not kidding. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. I thank love you the for doing the work. Fans. Yeah, well, I appreciate thank you for doing that. all that. Yeah, I appreciate. Terry, it. how has wrestling changed in your in your view? Has wrestling changed through the years? It, it oh, it's it's definitely uh, it's it's a different character than what it was. 20, 30 years ago. And uh, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, they're doing quite well with their television. And and that's what changes wrestling, is television. Because it's what the people want to watch is what they're going to see. Now, if you've got good, rough, rugged wrestling on there, people like that, you know. But... uh, I don't know today if they, if you have the same people, but it's what make what what wrestling is, is what the fans want. Yes, sir. If that makes any sense to you. Hey, Terry. What? Do uh, you, you think? Um, I think you know at least because I followed wrestling and uh, I wrestled in you know high school and that, and it seems like wrestling. Uh, years ago was more meat and potatoes and it was more violent actually and then we're now yes, it's, sir, it's more, it gymnastics, more gymnastics I, I definitely uh, believe that what you said is uh, right I think that they need to look back at a little, a little bit of time and if you take the amount of people that were wrestling in the country, it was 10 times as many as there is now. And there was so many areas and that they don't have now either. It's all kind of centralized to Vince McMahon and the New York group. And uh, I, I, I don't think it's good. I don't knock it. And I certainly uh, can't understand why that he wants to be as powerful as he is, because that yes, makes sir. him more money. Well, what, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Kerry, is the difference of the WWE, the NWA, and all those different groups. What was the main difference of all these different groups? Was it television, the exposure? Well, it was, uh, that was, you're making a special point right there, is uh, Vince McMahon came out of New York. New York has a big, huge area there that they've got so many people. Seven million people. So, yeah, and he can can run a 30,000-seat arena every night for months. You know, yes. and it's the location that he's in. 
Well, you know, in Amarillo, it was uh, Amarillo and uh, Albuquerque and Odessa. And maybe 3,000, We held our own. Yeah. Yeah, we held Big our difference. own. Yes, yeah. we did. Now, they, what had made the a, rough and, they had the population. Made, yes, sir. What made the rough and tumble style of Terry Funk? Because you were different. You were a badass, and I'm going to say it. I don't mind saying You know it. what? You I'm going to tell you something. That's, I'm going to tell you something that's different. Yes, and I'm going to tell you right now, and I want everybody out there to listen to this, that... Maybe I was a badass. I don't know if I was or not. But I want to tell you something for certain. You were a badass. And I mean that. And you know that. And I want the people out there to know that. That you weren't any... You couldn't push you off the sidewalk, I'll guarantee that. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, it's, uh, a few years Jerry. ago, was, uh, I wouldn't have challenged you out on that street. <laughs> Don't say that, Terry. Hey, Terry, you know, he couldn't take the Ohio winners, though. That was the only thing. He was What's a wuss. That? He couldn't take the Ohio winners. <laughs> he was a wuss. He had to leave Ohio because he couldn't take the winners. <laughs> he couldn't, yeah, not, he couldn't, take, like he couldn't even you. take the Ohio winners. That's right. I, I didn't like being around all those Yankees. The answer here. No. <laughs> but that's I'm telling you, get him wound up, and he'll go <laughs> ahead and he'll keep on going here. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sweetheart. But going back to Terry Funk, I mean, you had a different style. It was it was really amazing. I won't use the word badass. That's maybe wrong. You were you were brutal. You know, tables, chairs, side rings. You didn't care. You were brutal, and you were different. Well, and I, I loved what I was doing, and I think it uh, it was a very physical way of of uh, honestly, it's a very physical way of entertaining the people, and yeah. uh, still, it was very wonderful. It was yes, wonderful. It was. I loved it. And the reason I loved it so much is my pop. You know, he lived and he died wrestling. Well, let's talk about him for a minute. Let's talk about him. What What did he do to influence you as a youngster? As a youngster? Yes, sir. What, well, what I, did he I went do to, to influence you as a wrestler, as a youngster, getting involved with wrestling? Whenever I was four years old out of Boys Ranch, he started me wrestling. Wow. Okay. And uh, I wrestled all the way through <laughs> through grade school. and came to high school in Canyon. I didn't have any wrestling there, but I wrestled uh, unattached. Now, and I are wrestled you actually all the way from Amarillo? High school. You're from Amarillo, Texas? What, what uh, no, Hammond, Indiana. Hammond, Indiana. How did you end up in Texas? Well, that was uh, my father and Kel Farley. Okay. Kel Farley was a wrestler that started Boys Ranch. And yes, uh, he had a guy out there that was superintendent that was hiding in his closet from all of the people and all of the kids because he was scared to death of them. And uh, 
Shell needed somebody else to go out there and get the best of those kids. And uh, he chose my father to do that. And wow, my father okay. did it. And uh, he sure did. And, and uh, when we left the ranch after four years, is there wasn't a kid with a dry eye out there that uh, didn't watch us go through the gates and cross that Canadian River. And so that was important it. That people realize that you are a kid advocate. You love kids. I know you do. And working with the boys, you still work with the boys' ranch, or you still help them, mentor them? I, I really haven't helped them. Uh, I, I, I've helped them. We gave yep. money every week in Amarillo to Boys yep. Ranch for years, yep. you know. Now, what, and, what, was uh, your fighting, what was your fighting weight? What would you fight as? You fought as a heavyweight? What, what was your fighting weight? Was it Lord, a, no. Uh, Lord. <laughs> I fought as a, as a freshman in high school going into my sophomore year. I yep. fought as a 106-pound class. Wow, you became yeah. an animal. Because I mean, yeah. I've seen you. What you're? What six foot five or three? No, no, I'm about six one. Six one. Okay, a little over six taller. one. A hair over. Okay. So your fighting weight was like what? When you fought like people like Luger and all those guys, you were what? Luger and guys, under two forty-five, two fifty. Two forty-five. Okay. Okay. Two fifty. So you put on a lot of muscle then. You spent a lot of time. Well, in the gym, I did I that guess. too in, uh, at uh, West Texas. You know, at, uh, playing football there and uh, trying to get bigger every year, you know. Have you ever hung out with Randall Tex Cobb? Randall Tex Cobb? Have you ever hung out did with Did I ever run into Randall? Yeah. I never ran into Randall Texcom. You never did? Okay, he he's a Texas boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be yeah. a good boy too. Well, yeah, he's a You know, boy. I'll tell you he's what. Texas. There's yeah. just there's so many good kids that come out of this area. So many yeah. great athletes. Yeah. That have gone and done so well in other sports and they're all around. They're all around us. And it really, it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing that we 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 have the the people that we do in the area and the competitors yes, that they are, you know. Well, you, you I'll were, tell you, I love the road. You were a great athlete, Terry. You 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 set the example for hundreds, thousands of people. How you acted, how you were, you were a different type of wrestler. You were a superstar. And, you know, I mean that from my heart. You know that ever since I've known you. You were a superstar. And you created an image that was unique and different. And I'm so proud to have you on the show tonight. I mean that from my heart. And you know, Well, I'm, I told you honestly, too, you know, I mean, I, 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 you don't know how I appreciate you saying that, but I'll tell you what, I'm very, 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 very proud of a guy that could kick ass and, and, uh, <laughs> has done what you have done in your well, lifetime. Thank you, Terry. 
and I mean that. And quite a gentleman, too. Well, thank you. Now, AJ, you got anything to say that the great Terry Pump before we leave? Uh, it's, it's you know, been an honor to have him on the show today. Yeah, but, well, but that fight, golly, you know, I, with, with Claire, you know, that, that fight with Claire. Claire, that, that, that's, that's an incredible piece of history in uh, fighting arts. Oh, he's the character there, I'll tell you what. <laughs> He'll, 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 he, oh my gosh, he, he used to love to, after he wrestled, by golly, he was, uh, he would go out to the nearest bar that night. Are you talking about Rick, Rick Flair? Yeah, Rick. Yeah, he's a character. Uh, how about He was a character. Yeah, I'm here, yeah. You want to say something to the great Terry Bump? I want to say something. Yes, sir, go ahead. Yeah, Gene, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I just wanted to say it's an honor, sir. Like I say, we're doing the Coward movie in honor in the Roadhouse tradition. And I just want to thank you guys for setting the standard, uh, not only for, for wrestling, but for movie fighting. Because you guys got in there and actually did the work without CGI and, you know, put together good fight scenes that was realistic um, you know, not not all computerized CGI stuff. So I just want to thank you. It's a real honor, sir. Uh, and and I you're a great. I appreciate you saying that. That means a yeah, lot. You're to very me. welcome. You're very welcome. Well, Terry, I want to say thank you so much for giving me these thirty minutes, and I appreciate. Now, don't go nowhere because you know we're going <laughs> to finish the show out, and I'm going to say goodbye to you. So stay on the air, okay? Stay on your phone, okay, buddy? I will, I will. I promise you I will. Okay, ladies and I love this country. I love the people out there, and I love love you guys there, too. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Terry. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to the great superstar, Terry Funk, and he'll be back in just a few minutes, but, you know, Tonight we did something a little different. We went right into the interview because I wanted to get special time with, with Terry. But I want to bring on my producer who puts me on the air every week. I'm talking about Hunchy Jesse Bowen. Jesse, are you there, sir? Hey, sir. How you doing? Wow, what a great interview. Now, what are, what is Jesse oh, yeah. Bowen up to right now? You've got a couple books coming out with uh, Willie the Bam Johnson and... Alan Goldberg, what's going on with Hunty Jesse Bowen? Well, sir, I definitely would like to say that, you know, for Terry, that, you know, thank him so much for coming on. This is like a highlight of our show of having him on, you know, because going back in the day, uh, just to talk, think about it, all the days and, you know, when living in the country and you didn't have all these channels and all this Stuff out there wrestling that was like the that was the main the main thing that you did on the weekend was uh, to watch wrestling and going back and actually I was just going back and online and pulling up some of the old names that I used to remember from the past but this was a great honor uh, to have him on the show so that is super fantastic sir but uh, yeah we have a again you know the American Martial Arts Alliance uh, elite publications were taming uh, with different people across the country and working projects. And we all have connected to one main purpose, and that is to support the martial arts 
and find ways that we can now help the martial arts grow. And, you know, we're doing a third book for uh, Mr. Goldberg uh, for his event, which is a phenomenal event, and that book's going really well. Uh, we have a different type of event. We're doing the children's event. You know, BAM has the uh, Choice Awards for the Kids. And, you know, he's really a, a you know, that word advocate, he's really a kid's advocate. There's so many things going on. So, you know, our goal is to, you know, create a scholarship fund of $5,000, which we'll probably give out $500 to five kids and then sit submitting their bios, finding about who they are. And this is not black belt kids. This is any child. And the whole uh, thing about we're looking for is kids are heroes because they survived the pandemic. And if they survived the pandemic and still had that energy and motivation to still stay in and be a part of the martial arts, you know, that's something really uh, tremendous. They had to do, uh, you know, uh, stay at home and do homeschool and in many cases no supervision, and they prevailed through all of those things. So we're honoring kids as being a hero. You know, the martial arts kids. So we're actually creating a scholarship fund. And, you know, one of the ways that we're raising money, we have two magazines out now. One of them is the Martial Arts uh, Masters and Pioneers. And this weekend we're going to be having the release of the Martial Arts uh, Extraordinaire magazine. And this magazine is almost 90 pages. We've actually turned it into a hardcover book which is going to be a special edition book for the Ernie Reyes Changing Lives project we worked on and the uh, Ron Van Cleef project we worked on. So, you know, we have a lot of things that's going on, but, again, everything that we're trying to do is to support martial arts. And what we would request if we have martial artists that would, uh, you know, like to, that have kids that they think have done a phenomenal job and, kids that are motivated, this is not about trophy wins or tournament wins, you know, you can actually nominate them for being a part of the book and this upcoming event is going to be in New Jersey. So, you know, that is one of the big things that we're working on and we're really excited about it. Uh, So we just ask everyone to, you know, support it and, you know, and, you know, it's called Comica Heroes uh, is the website. And you can go there and you can learn more about it. That's K-A-M-A-C-A-H-E-R-O-E-S, Comica Heroes. And all okay. the information is there. If you need more, let me know. Well, thank you so much for that information. And I appreciate your time and your effort. To be able to put a weekly radio show on, and interview people like the great Terry Funk and all the martial arts that have been put on the air. And we got end of the year shows coming up that are incredible. People like Barry Byers and Cody Blackwood and Judge Roy Kerbin and some really cool, interesting people. But carrying on what we're doing, we have a couple segments I'm really proud of. And one of them is called The Sex. Now, this is where I put six incredible people together talking about different opinions and letting them speak their piece. And I'd like to introduce one of the first members of the sex, and she's a former P 
PKL karate champion, but she also does kung fu, and she's an amazing woman. Her name is Karen Slatcher. Karen, how are you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? You're sounding good. Well, I'm excited, man. I got one of my heroes yeah. on here tonight, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a thrill. It was a thrill. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Anyway, I've got, tonight we're going to be talking about what mental, you know, or perhaps a spiritual ritual that you might do in your mental, in your mind, or whatever, before you right. enter into a ritual combat when you compete. Well, I I used to fight a lot of tournament things and uh, a lot of the uh, grand champion type things. So I had usually worked all day judging because I, I judged everything, everybody, every division. And so I had to find that fire inside of me again. So I would get grounded. I would do the exercise of reaching to the center of the earth and reaching to the heavens and pulling heaven and earth within me. And then I would think of all of my students watching me out there, and, and I had to give them the best I had to show them that I wasn't afraid to get out there and do, do it right yeah, in front of everybody. That, that, that's really cool, because I know you were a great fighter. Now, uh, you know, I appreciate your opinion so much. I'm going to move right on now. I've got Thanks. someone very special to me, Carrie, very special, and he's part of the set. He used to work for Blob Up Magazine. He also is the co-creator of the Great Black Karate Federation, the BKF. I'm talking about the one and only Jerry Smith. Are you there, sir, Jerry? Yes, sir, I am. Okay. On the sixth tonight, what mental or perhaps your spiritual ritual that you would go to to practice before you went into the ring of combat? Now, I want to say something to the listeners. You were a number one fighter. You were under the great Joe Lewis. So I'm interested in what you have to say. Okay. Well, I guess uh, looking at rituals, I would always watch what everybody else did and see what they did. And one of the things that I'd like to pass on to you guys is that – Guys, I mean, fighters like Benny or Giddy, Smiley Esquivel, that's what I mean, Smiley, yes, Smiley Esquivel. Uh, all the great fighters during the time that I was fighting would always do what we call force stretching, where you get that. Some of them would stretch on machines. Some of them would do Japanese splits and Chinese splits, where you go all the way down and, uh, you know, and stretch. And, uh uh, and where two guys will sit together with their one with legs on inside, and uh, I would always see these guys in pain and in, I mean horrible, you know, before a fight. Everybody would all the lightweight would be over on the on the right hand side getting ready, and I would never stretch. And they would always say, "Why don't you know what what, what are you doing? You sit, you're eating a hot dog, and you walk in the ring and you fight." Well, the funny thing was. One of the things that Joe Lewis taught me was, he goes, uh, Jerry, he says, uh, there's a, 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 I didn't realize how important this was until later, much, much later in my career. Uh, he was saying that what you do is, that, you know, take a tennis ball, put a hole in both sides straight through, hang it from either a piece of wire or a, or a band, and he says, kick it at different levels. 
instead of force stretching, kick stretching. He goes, kick at the ankle, kick at the knee, kick at the belt level, kick at the shoulder, kick at the head. Just kick all the time. And the fact that uh, when you have your own studio, you can do that. You can just kick all the time. And I would just walk, you know, get up off the bench, walk in the ring, do a question mark kick and take your head off. You'd never see it coming. So I, 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 most, uh, a, a lot of the great, a lot of the great fighters uh, that I see now have really messed up hips. They have hip operations. Greg Wilkerson, a lot of great guys because of the force stretching. And so, uh, to get back to what you're saying, I did the opposite of what other, what everybody else was doing, yes, and it sir. worked for me. I'm 74 years old, and I can still kick. Well, you were a great no trainer champion, and you were under Joe Lewis your whole life and career, and you were a great fighter. And that wisdom you just shared with my listeners is very important. I appreciate it so much. Now, I want to go on to one of your students. He's also the editor of the Sport Karate Museum webpage. He's a 10-3 black belt. He's Professor Tom Spellman. Tom, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, what mental or, you know, perhaps spiritual, you know, rituals that you do before you go into combat? Because you're a very traditional martial artist. So I know you have the attitude of Kion, Kata, Bunkai, Kumite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the practical pieces uh, for going in tournament for me back in those days, because I fought mainly in the, the traditional Japanese class, uh, uh, competitions and things like that. You know, Makiwara training was a major part of it as far as getting yeah. that distance, being able to transfer power, to have the, the, the right hip and shoulder and all the other things so that the alignment wasn't uh, misaligned and, and causing conflict with the, the freedom of the movement. And then we would do EI, which was where we would be uh, uh, standing in yoi and we, you know, in ready position and we'd be a, an arm's length away from each other and we would do basically quick draw where one person, you know, they took turns uh, making an attack from that short distance and having to read the opponent and kind of get release the, the hesitation or the, the preconceived plans or the, the other things that we so often got fixated on, you know, and, and instead trying to read the opponent, read the space, and then freeing yeah. the mind to, to go ahead and uni- unify with the body which comes out of the Mushin and Munin idea of, um, you know, uh, a, uh, a clear mind and uh, not fixating on any, any specifics that uh, distract us or, or cause us to pause, but freeing ourselves from that. And that's pretty much the, the whole idea. The distancing and everything else was all on that same basic idea of doing that. And we did that with meditation and, and other things as well to – uh, to hold that space uh, and and hold that 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 uh, openness uh, in in a one-minded format. Well, I remember when I left before I left Hawaii, I was 14 years old. But I trained in a style called Kiyoku Shin, and we lived by key. You mentioned key earlier. Key was the essence of your attitude within your frame. It wasn't just air coming out of your lungs, but it was the attitude behind key. And key was an important part. And I felt that, for instance, when I used to fight, I used to go to a corner and I'd just 
key out. I mean, it would just be a moment of zen, I guess you probably recall it. But thank you, Tom, so much for your insight and your wisdom. You're and welcome. I really mean that so much for all your hard work. Now, I want to move right along. Did the Cambridge get online yet? David? David, are you there yet? Okay, so let me, let me go on to uh, my, my co-host friend, the one I talked about earlier. He's a Tanksudo master. He's an incredible individual as far as a teacher. But I wanted to ask him, AJ, are you there, sir? I'm here. How are you, Gary? What mental or perhaps spiritual rituals did you have to go through and practice before you entered the ring of combat? Because I know you, you're an eccentric performer. You've done amazing things. But I know you also were a fighter. You're a kata man. But tell me what you do. Well, I think combat in uh, tournaments are two totally different things. You know, you get in a self-defense situation or a combat situation. You know, you you prepare, you're in a constant state of readiness. You know, in the samurai tradition, you know, samurai go into battle, they're already dead. So they don't don't worry about dying because it's a good day to die. That's their philosophy. But, you know, in tournaments, it's different. Most tournament competitors have never been in a combat situation. And I think probably Dean would probably agree with me on this. You know, you go into battle, you know, or a combat situation, mentally, you're already dead. So you don't have to worry about, you know, dying. And as the military, as they train, you're in a constant state of readiness, so you constantly prepare. So I I think, you know, trying to uh, uh, construe combat with tournaments, I think they're two different separate entities. Well, I understand that. I'm just saying what you used to fight before you got became an old old man. An old geezer. <laughs> what kind of attitude <laughs> did you have when you walked into the ring? I know I know you didn't want to hurt people, but the point of no. it is, what, what kind of attitude did you prepare? Did you do cards? Well, did you go do that? Did you go in, pray? In contrast, what, what did in, you con- do? in contrast, what was said before, I, I did. I was a big stretcher. I always wanted to, you know, get into uh, the ring and uh, have a really good sweat going because, you know, right. you get your body you know, up to temperature and have a real good sweat going. I just yeah. try to empty my mind and, you know, let my body happen. I hear you, buddy. But yeah. react. Well, cool. I appreciate your opinion. Let me move right along to you mentioned earlier. I'm talking about the one and the only Dean Piles. Are you there, Dean? Yes, sir. Right here. Okay. What, what did you do? Dean Piles, do when you went into combat, what kind of mental preparation did you do? Okay, now you know, like AJ was saying, combat, and and I unfortunately it had to be in both. Um, you know, so combat on a on a battlefield. Um, you know what okay, I did? I, okay, I made Dean, sure that Dean. I was right with God. Dean, so in the Dean, okay, Dean, I, I'm going Dean. to sport karate. Okay, hey, but listen to I, me. I'm, I don't want to talk about combat. I want to talk about the fact I, I know that stuff was, I was just, out. Okay. Okay. You I got, was just talking about AJ. Yeah, I was just finish. answering AJ. Telling him right. Hang okay. on. Let me talk. Okay. So I was, I was just making that making that point. Also, you know, grew up under Joe Lewis. So I didn't, and, and Bill Wallace would always tell me, hey, you, you don't want this guy to know whether you're going to be able to kick him in the head or not. He may know from previous fights or whatever, 
So what I would do is mentally prepare my body and, and be just shake my legs out, my arms out, make sure my body was warmed up. Because right. in, in a real fight, I always look at everything as far as a real fight, you have to be ready to go at a moment's notice. You can't stop an attacker on the street and say, hey, i got to stretch out. I look at sport karate and full contact karate the same way. I stayed relaxed. I tried to stay calm. I worked breathing exercises through Qigong and things of that nature. And I stayed relaxed. I knew I'd done my homework. I did my, I'd done my training in the gym and my stretching in the gym. So when I got to the fight, I didn't have to worry about doing that because that had already been taken care right. of. So I knew I was flexible. And all I would do is mentally prepare, focus, and let the opponent see that I was calm and collected and ready to go. That's what I would do. And I always okay. made sure I, that I, I, you I said a prayer you know, and things of that I want to ask you a question because you're, you're, you were a great fighter, or you are a great fighter. How, how hard is it for you to control your temperament when you're in the ring? What do you do to well, do you know, Well, you know, this is, this is the first thing, and, and that's a good point, Professor, because when I first started training with Grandmaster Lewis, my parents had got divorced, so I really had a attitude problem, and I, I just really couldn't control my temper. And that was one of the things that we worked on. And he told me that I always had to make sure that I used that and I'd done a controlled burn. So if I was mad, if you get mad, you lose your, you lose your train of thought, you lose your technique. So Joe would always say, look, you do a controlled burn. He would punch me in the face, and he'd say, did that hurt? And I'd say, yeah, he'd say, don't worry about it. That's in the past. Don't worry about it. So that was the kind of, that was the kind of things we've done. So I learned to control that and be able to go in the mat clear-headed, and I would just have my mind blank like a, like a white canvas, you know, like it was a movie, like a movie theater. And I would let my training and the movements of my opponent, when I would move, I would move to get them to zig and zag right where I wanted them to go. And that's what Joe would teach us in deceptive penetration and things of that nature. But you were able to control your your anger because, in, in, you know, in, in, a, in a sport combative, you're not really angry at the guy. Yeah, you might get hit and you might be angry at yourself for being in the wrong place at the right, you know, at the wrong time and getting hit. But you just have to make sure that if you do get angry, that you know how to control that anger and let that be a control burn because sometimes that anger from that adrenaline rush can be a great thing if you know how to control it and ride that wave. If you don't, then it's almost like being exhausted. You don't know how to control that yeah. adrenaline, so you get real tired, you're weak-legged, and all that kind of stuff. So what a great making point. sure you're mentally that's and physically that's prepared great, great keeps you from losing your temper. In Kyokushin, we call it Tameshi, and you call it control burn. I love it. So God bless you. Don't go nowhere because I'm going to call the Wolverine back in just a minute. But, ladies and gentlemen, that was the opinions of the sex. And we were talking about a couple of good subjects tonight. And I want to thank the sex, as always. But I want to move right along. I've got one of my heroes. He really is. He's a real doctor. He's been dealing with the pandemic the past couple of years. I guess it's for however long it's been around. But he also invented something really cool. It's called virtual reality. He didn't invent virtual reality, but he created a program that is in virtual reality, 
And it's like a hologram attached to you, and he's also got the sport riding museum involved with the portals and a village. Anyway, I'll let him explain it. Reggie, where you at? You there? Good evening, sir. How are you doing today? I was doing your commercial, but I want you to explain it because you did it better. <laughs> oh, you're very good at it. Thank you. Technique is called setvr.app, but give me a little short rundown of what exactly setvr.app is. Yes. Uh, we continue to be excited about SetVR, self-defense, enhancement training, and virtual reality. My developer and I continue to have ongoing discussions on how we can continue to maximize SetVR not only as a platform to practice your skills in self-defense anytime, anywhere, when you want, but also as a program to help you to improve your overall health through an aerobic program, through meditation, and yoga exercise. At the same time, having a fun experience. With the use of an Oculus headset, with an Oculus Quest, Oculus Rift headset, you'll be transported into a platform of virtual reality whereby an attacker will present in front of you and will randomly attack you when you least expect it. The important thing about the program is to have you to be relaxed and to flow with the program as you continue to practice through the program. You continue to notice that as you continue to uh, go through the program, you notice improvements in speed, accuracy, in hand-eye coordination, and in your mobility in moving angular, linear, or circular motions to place you in an opportunist position for neutralization or just to evade the attack. But most importantly, to develop a reflex response to respond against a random attack to neutralize quickly without hesitation. And for an example, as I mentioned uh, previously, as you would do when you place your hand on a hot stove, you remove your hand reflexively without thinking, that's a reflex response. That's, that's the goal of the program is develop a reflex response to neutralize when there's a threat without hesitation. We continue to be proud to endorse Professor Gary Lee and the Sports Garden Museum to be the future platform for his vision of the history portal. With that being said, Professor Gary Lee, um, can you tell the audience some few words about your vision about the history portal and virtual reality? Well, years ago in the early 90s, I helped create Blockboat TV, the first internet martial art channel. I realized that virtual reality was going to be very powerful and be able to teach people about the history of, well, the Sport Cry Museum, of course, the history of America, I felt was going to be powerful. But with this program, with SetVR.app and creating the History General Portals, you'll be able to go into a portal and learn the history of Alan Steen, the great J. Pat Burleson, Mike Stone, Patrick McCarthy, just to name a few people. And then every month, we'll add a new History General to teach you more and more and more about the history of sport karate in America. And we're going to teach you with questions and answers within the program so you not only face a hologram and get a great workout, have fun doing it, be progressive and learn new things as you go along, but the most important thing is you'll learn the history of sport karate in America, where it came from, and Understanding history is so important for the future. And thank you, Reggie, Dr. Lee. I mean, thank you so much for your working with Rick Shanahan and Marie Shanahan. And thank you for all your work and involvement of creating this program for people.
to learn about martial arts in the way that you're doing it. Thank you so much, Reggie. Hey, Gary. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Gary? Yeah, AJ, you got something to say? Oh, yeah. It's like I remember being in South Carolina. It's like the kids that were lined up just waiting to do that. The whole weekend, the kids were just lined up waiting to do that. They had such a fun time doing it. So it's not only a great training aid, but it's a lot of fun. And with a line of kids, that proved it. And for an old white man to say something like that, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> no well, you know why? There was no a cracking. lot of kids, Professor. You know why? There was you a what? lot of kids because AJ wouldn't get off of there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's why it. there was a line of kids. AJ wouldn't let them get on it. He's like, no, no kids. Well, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> You don't have to let the cat out of the bag, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Reggie, you'll keep us informed of upcoming updates and everything that's going forward, I'm sure. And I want to thank you again for your time being on the air, Reggie. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on this terrific show. Amazing. Okay, thank you. Now, moving right along, one of my favorite segments we created is called Three Minutes with the Wolverine. Now, that is Alias is the man you met earlier, my co-host, Dean Piles. But he also has an alias called the Wolverine. And this is a man that says what he means, means what he says, and he can back it up. And we bring up topics every week that maybe people don't want to talk about or they do want to talk about or they don't know how to talk about it. But we bring them up and we let the Wolverine off his movies for three minutes. So this week we're going to ask him very bluntly what does the Wolverine do for combat? I'm talking about street combat. What does the Wolverine prepare for himself when he goes out into the street? If he, he doesn't start anything but if he ever has to do something what does the Wolverine do? Wolverine, what do you do? Well, you know, the first thing that you should be doing is be aware of your surroundings. One thing I do is I, you know, it, you've got to always remain calm in any situation. If you've been in combat on a battlefield, the guys that panic are the guys that end up taking a round because, you know, if, if, you, if you panic, you don't do what you need to do. And your brain and your mind is not there and your body is not reacting. It's that fight or flight syndrome. So first of all, if... I encounter anybody on the street that's trying to start trouble, I, I remain extremely calm to the fact that these people realize that something is up because they're not getting under my skin. Because, you know, it, it's like Joe Lewis told me a long time ago. I, I had a guy that was bullying me in school, and he would talk about my mom. And I was telling Grandmaster Lewis what he said, and at first I didn't, you know, it took me a minute to catch on, but he was like, well, does he know your mom? And, I, you know, instantly, because I was younger, that temper started coming up. I'm like, now you're doing it. But he was like, look, what uh-huh. I'm telling you is, does that guy really know? He's just talking. So he's just like wind blowing against a mountain. You're a mountain. He can't move you. you, you there's nothing he can do. He don't even know who your mom is. So why are you getting upset? And I started to learn, hey, you know what, that's exactly right. So when I encounter people on the street, I make sure that I speak with a very calm and clear voice with authority so they realize that if they take this to the next level, it's going to be at their demise because I'm going to execute techniques with maximum damage that is minimum effort 
And that way I can go on to one, two, three, four. But I want to make my first attack, if he comes, so severe that his next attack need not be feared because he's not going to be in the shape to do it, one. And two, if he has partners, they receive what happened to him, and they go, yeah, I don't want none of that. That's why when you see uh, when we do the last defense, the tactical combative seminars, and when we train the military, you don't have time for a prize fight. You have to execute technique that is going to be direct, to the point. Right. A lot of people want to teach stuff, and it's technical. You need tactical. It needs to be direct, it needs to be powerful, right. and it needs to end. Yeah. Right. So mental right. clarity well, is, you, is the main thing. Yeah, I love what yeah. you said, maximum effort, minimum. What did you say? You say it again? Maximum I said maximum, ma- maximum damage, minimum effort. You know, okay. there's a yeah, lot of yeah. guys that think they're skilled and they have a lot of good skills in karate, but a street fight is something completely different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wolverine in, 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 you know, sport combative is one animal, but the Wolverine on the street, that's a Valley Tudo animal. I'm going to do what it takes to win, <laughs> and that's what's going to be, you know, maximum damage. I hear you, buddy. God bless you, Wolverine. God bless you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you too, sir. Wolverine alias Dean Piles, and, you know, an amazing man, amazing champion. We're so proud of him. So, Terry, are you still on the line? I still got Terry. Still on the line. Hey, still buddy, right we here just... and enjoying it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I want to say something as we end our first show. I want to say, and this is important because I've been wanting to say this all week because we've been talking all week. I'm so proud of you and who you are, what you became. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever. I'm not just talking about doing the stunt work and becoming an actor and becoming a movie star and becoming a superstar in wrestling. I'm talking about being the man that you are and the man that you became because you're one of the sweetest men I've ever met outside the ring. But inside the ring, I know who you are and what you are and what you stood for. And I'm so proud that you gave me the time tonight to be able to be on the show and talk to my friends. And the friends, they really admired you. I hope you heard what some of these people said. They thought you're the hoot, buddy, that you're full of sand. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, Professor, Jerry, I, I, I want to tell you. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Funk. Sorry. Oh, I'm just fine. I just want to tell Gary that, that uh, I thank him for having me on the show and and I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else and uh other than listening to you guys uh right now. I don't want to be anywhere else in the world. It's uh it's like a part of my life. Well thank and, you, uh, part of my life that I love. Well Miss Fox from the Wolverine, I just want to tell you you're an amazing man and we appreciate all you've done. Not only for for you know wrestling, like I said before, but but stunt fighting and movies. We appreciate everything that that you've done. Well, I got well, to appreciate you guys. Here, I got a question: Is it tonight. wrestling or wrestling? Which one is it? Well, I say wrestling. Yeah, I'm from the south. I say wrestling. <laughs> okay, so it's both. It's like potatoes and potatoes. Hey, you know, you know what might be a good idea, Professor? You know, What's that? maybe, and, and I'll talk to AJ, but, you know, and we can talk to uh, Mr. 
funk, you know, in private off there, but it may be a good thing to have him show up in that final fight scene in The Coward and just right before Dan does anything, just tell him, hey, man, I've been down that road. You need to turn things around, but Dan don't listen. You know what I'm saying, AJ? Well, that'd be cool. I tell you what, cool. I'll, hook you up with, I'll hook you up with Terry, and you can talk to him about the coward. But listen, guys, yeah, that's that's Terry's going to be in Houston, Texas, October 7th and 8th for the Judge Roy Kerbin Roast and Tribute in Houston, Texas. And we got Bill Wallace, Joe Corley, Mr. Jeff Smith, and golly bum, Terry Funk coming in to this amazing event, October 7th and 8th in Houston, Texas, for the Sport Crowder Museum. Now, Terry, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you Dean Piles' phone number, and he'll put you in the movie, buddy. And you what? He might pay you a dollar or two, too. That's a great idea, Dean. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, might, I, I need the dollar or two. I hear you, buddy. I yeah. hear you. Well, <laughs> well Terry, you, you guys. I enjoyed it, guys. Well, I, enjoyed I enjoyed hearing all of y'all, each and every one of you. We enjoyed you, sir. God well, thank you, Terry. I really, I really. And you too. You. I love you, buddy. God bless you. Good night, everybody. Well, same here. You every know week, that. Always have, Terry. I know you do, sir. Every week we always say it, and we mean it from the heart. Mahalo and aloha. Good night, everybody. Don't forget tomorrow's the Marine Corps' birthday. Hoorah! Hoorah! Happy birthday. Hoorah, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Hoorah. Sayonara. Hoorah, Mr. Smith. Sayonara. Sayonara. I got Jerry Fox to speak Japanese. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Jerry. I'll call you later, buddy.